0: The antidote, the antidote, the
1: antidote, the antidote, the antidote, the antidote, the, antidote. the, antidote. the antidote
0: listening to the antidote with dave Hawkins a sound i have
1: Sleeper brought us Reveries of Flight. This is The Antidote with Dave Hawkins, and on The Antidote, we explore the music of artists who share a Christian worldview. Now, our opening track is not from our feature artist for tonight, but O Sleeper has played an influence on the band The Restitution. Now, the band sent me a link to their debut album, Waves, a few months ago, and I found myself really being grabbed by both the music and the lyrics by The Restitution. The Antidote got together with the band a couple of weeks ago for a conversation about their music, and here's what took place. Michael Wright of The Restitution is visiting with The Antidote tonight. Michael, it's nice to have you here.
2: Thanks, it's nice to be here.
1: Give us the background of The Restitution. Like, When did you first think about setting up this project?
2: Well it's sort of been a long road for me um because i've always sort of been a writer and written music even when i had older bands i would sort of just write stuff and was kind of for that those projects but at the same time like i knew that it was kind of never going to happen um just because of like it was heavier and just different and so like when those projects kind of caved in or broke up and whatnot um i've just sort of continued writing and i mean for the most part, until like the past couple of years, that's all it's been is me writing and sort of trying to find musicians, but not really very uh, adamantly, I suppose, un- until recently. So, um, and that's most of the stories, originally in my parents' house, writing songs on the computer and then going on from there. And then just trying to find musicians recently, which is why I moved down to Los Angeles in October.
1: So you're doing this as a solo project?
2: mostly yeah not performing um really until i had like a lineup even though i did do a couple shows on the way down here solo which is really weird to me but anyway yeah
1: it paid for the gas
2: uh one of them gave me i think like 20 some dollars so that was nice
1: (laughs) (laughs) take whatever you can get
2: yeah exactly
1: sonically you draw from a number of genres of music but is that not really difficult to incorporate or is this simply something unconsciously that you do?
2: Um, Kind of a little bit of both, but mostly unconscious. I mean, I have sort of a natural tendency to kind of be subversive and like not rebellious, but like sort of like get irritated and annoyed at like things that are really popular just and stuff. So it's sort of easy for me to do something different in that respect. But I'm also just like, I don't know, get bored if I'm not doing something different and even things that I haven't like tried to do before.
1: enjoy opinionated people, and you must be pretty opinionated yourself because your bio states that you sought to break the notion that heavy music is by nature mindless and ineloquent, and that you're proving that the harder spectrum of music can be intelligent, tasteful, and full of honest hope. Now, those are pretty harsh words. Do you feel it's your duty to change the genre? Um, I don't
2: know if I would think it's my duty I guess I just feel like people should be artists and be who they want to be instead of sort of just following trends. And, like, I wasn't trying to, like, be harsh or mean or anything like that. But, yeah, I don't know. Some of it, for me, not being boring, too.
1: Many in the metal realm, lyrically or musically, tend to drop the ball. So, where's that balance between both the lyrical content and the music itself?
2: Well... I don't think that one necessarily has to be sacrificed for the other. Um, To go back to, like, sort of a lot of the pop Christian music, um, I feel like they act as if there's, like, a tension between, like, oh, we have to make sure that, you know, it's about the gospel. And because of that, like, it's almost like they forget about the quality of the music and sort of put all of their effort into one or the other. Like, it has to be 70% gospel, 30% music, but, like, And I feel like that's kind of mistaken, because you can really put all of your effort into everything. And I don't feel like there really needs to be a balance, per se. Balance your time, if anything. Just make sure that you're putting out everything you put out is as good as it can be. And um, yeah.
1: Well, let's follow up on that then. I mean, besides the restitution, obviously, who's worthy in the eyes of Michael Wright of producing artistic songs? Well,
2: there's lots of stuff out there. Like, I mean, I'm a big Thrice fan who unfortunately is not performing at the moment, but like a lot of what I have done is kind of inspired by the way they have done things or what they have done. And there's, I don't know, lots of other stuff. Um, Norma Jean, um, some like KO Dot stuff, even like Radiohead and things like that are really interesting to me. But, and there's a lot of things I sort of have to begrudgingly admit are like well done that I just don't like. And, I guess that's life.
1: <laughs> you have to settle for some of the ones that are just meeting the status quo.
2: Well, more like there's like artists that like produce really good music and it's really well done, but I just can't get into it or don't like it or it gets on my nerves for sometimes seemingly no reason at all. But, it's like, well, I guess they're good, but I really don't want them to be good.
1: <laughs> oh, but is there a difference between good and popular?
2: Um, Yeah. You can be good and popular, but being popular doesn't necessitate that you're actually good, I suppose.
1: It was several years between the founding of The Restitution and releasing your debut album, Waves, last year. Why the long wait?
2: Um, it felt like time. I mean, since I was starting performance, I really need something to get out there at shows and like to sell or even just get the music out there. Um, and the album actually started as, like, I was going to do a smaller project, just like a few songs, um, which I guess it's only seven songs anyway. But uh five or six songs and sort of just get it out there, you know, maybe with program drums or something. But then I don't remember why. I just decided I didn't like that idea and then um, kind of invested more time and really sat down, recorded the drums and um, added a couple songs. And, but yeah, mostly just because um, we were performing and it felt necessary to get some music out there and give to people.
1: To draw some awareness. Mm-hmm. And like, so
2: people can take stuff home and whatnot. You know, when you're playing without CDs, like everyone asks you, well, do you have any music or anything like that? It's like, no. And then you feel stupid and it's like, well, let's just get it out there.
1: Fill us in about your vocal style on Waves. I mean, it, it's really different from the tried and true style, usually found in metal, because you do range from lighter, more melodic to heavier.
2: That was, it's always been sort of an ongoing thing, which is probably true for any singer. I mean, going back to the stuff I wrote back in the day, I mean, I probably have 100 songs or so, um, one of which made it to Waves, and the rest I'm very glad no one ever heard. But uh, (laughs) it's just sort of always been, I don't know, I took some lessons a few years ago, and then I realized that I could actually start sounding good, because it took a long time to kind of get where I'm at. Which one are you most comfortable with? I mean... I like both, I guess. It's easier to sound good uh, just screaming because while it takes some fair amount of technique and control, it's still like just screaming words. You don't have to worry about pitch or anything like that. Um, but some of it I just think is just because I like to do things more dynamically and have a lot of variety and variation and things. It There's just things that are hard to express with you know just singing, like a level of emotion that I think isn't there, but there's also like The opposite, you know, a level of emotion that you can't express with just screaming also.
1: I'm interested in the lyrical content on the songs on Waves, where you offer up some pretty strong words, and maybe you can share some of your thoughts about them as I bring them up. On the song Waves, the lyrics read, How fit are your fires for the searing of my soul? What a fitting end for me to be cut off from everything good. Why am I here when I clearly don't belong? amidst such grace, apart from well-deserved wrath. So are you really looking at that from a personal perspective?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, that song was sort of the beginning of when I knew what I was trying to do with like lyrically and and music, because before it was sort of like, just not really knowing what to write and like, oh, here's like a Christian idea or something like that. I'll write about that. But that was, I didn't feel that was really very authentic and very like, you know, what I should be doing with my music. And that whole song is just about the difficulty it is to understand this idea of grace and that, you know, I didn't earn everything um, or I I can't earn it at all and I don't deserve anything. And I definitely have like a natural inclination to be a little critical of myself, too. So it wasn't super hard, but yeah, I was just trying to be honest. And, you know, the fact that I don't deserve grace or salvation or anything like that, just wrestling with that, I guess. Michael Wright from The Restitution, hanging out with Dave on The Antidote.
1: Do you find that music coming from Christian eras often isn't authentic? Uh,
2: A lot of it is, at least like Christian pop. I've sort of been a little bit frustrated with it. And just because of what I said, it's sort of, I mean, there's bands that are like, maybe really good out there, but lyrics, it's sort of like, well, here's some Christian ideas that are sort of generic or not really about christianity or what jesus talked about or anything like that um i guess i what i would say is that i don't really see what i see in scripture and especially in psalms like in what you see in today and a lot of christian music is like if you look at the psalms you know there's a lot of honesty and a lot of like things that you would think why is that in the bible you have somebody saying you know god kill these guys or whatever but like it's just really honest and like not always the people the authors are necessarily okay to feel what they're feeling but they're expressing it in a very genuine way and i don't see a whole lot of that struggling i mean there are some bands like oh sleeper is definitely i think a very good example of someone who is very upfront about what they're they're wrestling with you know in terms of spiritual things
1: yeah actually i'm i'm sort of harshly critical on a lot of stuff that's put out by christian artists and i am opinionated and if people disagree they can feel free to disagree it's that lack of authenticity and cliches and Christianese that's put out it really doesn't do anything. Here's another song. A verse in Stone Dwellers says, If truly there's no sun, no sky above this void, then we are damned in this world, damned to fabricated light. Either you've blinded our eyes or you've broken through our veil. Regardless, the result remains the same. Sounds pretty disheartening. So, I mean, is there light at the end of the tunnel?
2: Uh, Yeah. Well, that song is actually, of all things, Kind of comes from a short little scene thing in one of uh, the Narnia books um, where there's like this witch or sorceress or whatever she was that has some like used her magic stuff to like convince them that there is no like above world and they're they're in like this underground cavern. One point some character just steps forward is like, well, maybe you're right, you know, maybe there isn't any, there's no Narnia, there's no sun or any of that, but it's better than the world down here, which is Pretty miserable and so it's kind of all from that perspective I guess.
1: You chose Waves to be the title song for the album, but why did you pick that particular track?
2: Um, it wasn't like a hard decision. It was mostly, I think, just because like artistically and musically, I really liked the direction of that song. And so I was like, well, I like this song, let's let's do it. Um, partly because it was, like I said, it was initially realized as a smaller EP or something like that, but I had already been working like an artist on the artwork and it looked really good. It's just like, oh, I think it'll work anyway.
1: So there's no deep felt reasoning for
2: it. Unfortunately, no, but I wish there was.
1: Well, the antidote is currently speaking with Michael Wright of The Restitution. Michael, how about describing the overall meaning or purpose found on your album Waves?
2: There was sort of a broad range of time, I guess, that the songs are written, so it wasn't as much realized as in terms of, like, themes or anything. But, I mean, really, it's just all kind of just about being, like, authentic, both, like, artistically, but, but also, like, spiritually. And, I mean, my my goal in writing music is kind of to show the world that, in some sense, Christians are people too, but that we're not all as sometimes the media would portray us.
1: Well, then, do you feel that you succeeded with the album, or is there more to be said? I guess
2: there's always more to be said. But I, I'm happy with the way the album turned out.
1: And what about future projects for The Restitution?
2: Well, I'm currently working on the, the next record right now. I've got quite a bit of material for it and hoping to have that come out within the next year, or year and a half or so. And that one I'm really excited about just because, I mean, like I said, it, since the other one was kind of smaller scope, this is sort of bigger. And I've cleaned things up. The uh, waves was sort of the longer span of time, and so have some songs that kind of feel this way, and some songs that feel like they were written in a different era, and trying to make a little bit more of a consistent feel going on with that one. And have in fact, sort of cut out some older songs. Like, this one doesn't actually fit, even
1: though I want it to. Well, you still got those hundred songs you can draw from. Yeah,
2: one of them is kind of making an appearance, um, just because I'm like, took it. It's like, well, I like this parts of it, but I don't like these parts. So I just kind of have been chopping it up and making it a a much more interesting song. But yeah, there's always old stuff to pull from.
1: The Restitution album Waves is available on both iTunes and Bandcamp. Michael, thanks uh, for a really interesting chat about the music of The Restitution.
2: You're welcome. It's been fun. Thanks for having me. (laughs)
1: Restitution came the song Faces from their album. Uh, Waves. <laughs> I've gone blank. Thanks for listening into our feature on the Restitution. Uh, quite an interesting artist and shares some quite interesting insights. The Antidote airs Wednesdays at 9 on Tread Radio 92.7 FM, F in Peterborough, Ontario. If you've happened to miss a past episode of the Antidote, you can find past recordings interviews and news at the dot And if you love or hate the show, feel free to send me a message and you can find the email link on our contact page, but we're coming up to the top of the hours and it's just about time for me to close up the antidote, but I'll fill you in about next week's show where we'll have a first listen to the ambient rock of Esbert and Snare, who are set to release their really awesome debut album. A violent piece at the end of this month, so be sure to tune in. We'll finish up the night with another band who influenced the restitution and here comes thrice with Blur and we'll see you next week. <laughs>